Hello and welcome to another episode of FGC Philosophy. I am your host, The Philosopher, also known as Tavian Napier, and this is where I help you guys level up inside and outside the virtual arena by talking about topics and talking with guests that I feel can help you guys and myself level up. So as some of you guys may know, a lot of things have been going on in my life and I want to give a quick update and I'll get into the show in just a second. So I have moved, which means that my office is not set up, so I'm recording on a lower grade mic and just trying to get some of the content that I've made prior out there to you guys. Some of the content that I have over on youtube.com slash the philosopher. You can check that out. Uh, but yeah, I've been putting that in podcast format so that you guys can listen to this on the go rather than having the video up and being very tedious. Um, I do have a baby due in like a month or two, in two months, the end of November. So that's very crazy. We're going through classes on the weekend. So not only am I working full time, but I'm also spending some time in the weekends learning more about raising a child and uh, the birthing process, all the stuff that you guys probably don't want to know about. And then the last huge update that I have to talk about is that I have a job, a career in esports now. I work for Western Michigan University as the esports coordinator. I'll be starting that first thing in October. And that's very exciting. That is a dream come true. And now I'm able to provide more than I've ever been able to for my family while working in a career that I have been wanting to work in for the last like three years since I started doing this project. That is amazing. That is awesome. And also the last thing I have to mention uh, before I get into the content is Patreon. The people that have been supporting me over on patreon.com slash the philosopher. That's been amazing. Thank you guys so much. And for anyone who doesn't know, it's a crowdfunding service similar to something like Kickstarter, but instead of doing one big lump sum, you can do a payment monthly. So as little as a dollar a month can go a very long way. So anyone who decides to do that, thank you guys so much. And there are perks that you guys can check out. So reach out to me if you have any questions, of course, on Twitter, at The Philosopher, or just go to patreon.com slash philosopher. Anywho, this episode, I had Jay, aka Mr. Yusuk from Yace, join me. And this was recorded in April before Michigan Masters 2018. You can go check that video out. But this guy has helped me tremendously with growing as an influencer within the FGC and giving me opportunities to commentate and uh, be part of something bigger than myself. So I'm very grateful for this guy. He, like me, is another Michigan local. And there's been some negative drama going on in the Michigan scene right now and I really wanted to put a spotlight on some of the people that are positively influencing the Michigan scene. For those of you who don't know who he is, he is a tournament organizer for Michigan Masters, Yomacon, and more and he's also the CFO and designer for Team Yace which is pretty awesome. This particular interview, all about growing the tournament scene, all about supporting your locals and even a little bit about Jay's origin of how he got started for people who are interested in being a TO or being more involved into tournaments. Uh, learning about his origins may be very beneficial for you guys to learn how to get started. Very awesome. And he also gives some tips and uh, various takeaways that you guys could glean from that. So definitely stay tuned. For you guys who are new to this podcast or are return people who haven't subscribed yet, definitely, definitely, definitely hit that subscribe button so that you guys can get updated whenever I upload a new video. I try to upload one every Friday if possible. Things are a little bit hectic right now, so I'm sorry for the inconsistencies, but I try to get one a week on the weekends for you guys. And then lastly, make sure you leave a review. Let me know what you think. Get those five stars out there. iTunes, Stitcher, however you guys listen. Definitely leave me some feedback. Let me know how I can make this better or what you guys think or what you guys take away from this. Other than that, though, thank you guys so much for tuning into FGC Philosophy, and I hope you enjoy the show.
a little backstory. How did this all get started? Uh, so Michigan Masters is the longest running FGC tournament in Michigan. It's been going on since 2009, I believe, possibly 2008. Um, it's traded hands a number of times. It's always been a community run events. Back in 09, I believe it was being handled by people like Aaron S. And I can't even remember some of the names back then. Uh, it's traded hands to being run by people like Jim Nardeshia, Daniel Streety, uh, combined with YomaCon for a couple of years. And that's where it kind of got lost in the balance. And then last year, uh, one of the other event organizers around here, Jason Walraven, decided to bring it back, brought me on staff with a couple other people and kind of it was very apparent that you know i was the the leadership quality of that group and i just kind of took it and ran everyone said you know give the man a space he's obviously the one that knows what's going on here and i kind of just inherited it from that so last year was the proof of concept that hey this tournament's back it's bigger than ever and this is really the year where we set our eyes on new heights nice nice so what led up to you running this event like what were you doing beforehand so I've been part of the FGC since I'm one of the dreaded O-Niners, more or less. Uh, loved Third Strike. I was, I'm a I'm Third Strike loyalist, and I played that a lot in like high school and things. But I never really realized there was places to play in tournament until Street Fighter Four happened. So I'd always been in the scene since O-9. Um, three, maybe four years now? Coming close to four years now. Uh, I joined a company called Dead State Pavilion which supplies gaming setups for uh, conventions like ShudoCon, YomaCon, uh, and many other ones. We go as far as even uh, Kineticon out in Connecticut. And I was hired in with them at just you know one day to help run some brackets. They loved what I did and hired me on full time. And so I've spent a number of years running tournaments at conventions. And that's kind of how my name got thrown into the hat for you know people who could potentially help out with this uh so you've been doing this in some capacity for a good while then okay that makes yeah sense. it's it's, it's I'm, I'm no spring chicken to this at this point but there's many aspects that like as we're growing and expanding that like i gotta learn on the fly and you know can i teach myself a lot of things because every every step up is another new boat of of potential issues you have to make sure you're aware of right definitely uh so this is a question that always fascinates me for, for people because I think it makes or break breaks people who do wind up succeeding or thriving in this kind of uh, environment or any is is what really drove you or drives you to actually continue to do this like why why do you do it? I feel like I've always said that I just feel like there's a void there and someone has to do it and some days I hitch my my pants up on the idea that like you know if I'm not doing it who will but. I think that's a very defeatist attitude of my of what I'm doing and paints it as if I don't enjoy this at the same time. It's stressful. Like like this stuff's not fun. It's really like not enjoyable to do sometimes, but like the end result of seeing all that hard work go into something and getting a product that you can truly be proud of and like a once in a lifetime opportunity of like you make an event and this isn't this isn't your job. This is your passion project. This is your child that you raised and you saw it off to college and it came back with a degree like there's a unbelievably real sense of joy from that and i work hard because i get to see all these people enjoy things going back to that first tournament i ever ran with dead state uh pavilion um it was a really large smash tournament like they had never really had 
that many people show up for Smash 4 before. I had never run a bracket and I just did whatever I thought was the best thing to like help that tournament move along. And, you know, people towards the end of it came up and complimented me on it. And it was like a four hour tournament. So two people who were knocked out earlier, they ran and got me Jimmy John's like on the house as a way of saying, you know, thank you for running the tournament so well. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of feedback loop, like what you're putting in, you do get out in the same way. And like, I love this. It's really hard and really taxing and sometimes really not fun. But at the end of the day, I'm always very proud of what I do. And I always look at, okay, what can I do next? How can I make this better? You know, how can I make a more enjoyable event experience? Okay. That makes sense. I like that. So when it comes to improving, you know, how, how do you keep the mindset or, or what kind of mindset do you have when it comes to, you know, doing better the next time or learning from your mistakes? Um, it's hard, but you have to like not be defensive about things. And it's, it's, it's a fatal flaw. Like we all have as humans is we don't want to hear what's wrong. We don't want to have someone come up and say like, Hey, that part sucked or that part was an issue or something went wrong here. Um, it's just not fun to hear and no one enjoys it, but you have to take that into consideration. And I guess in a way, I'm very blessed with the fact that I've started so small. And so every, every like step has been a very small incremental increase. And I've, I've never had to put myself in a situation where I'm, I'm so far, far in over my head and I'm kind of just kicking and screaming at the waterline, trying to stay afloat. Like I've had enough time to really kind of build up what I'm doing and learning along the way. So when problems do arise and Lord knows they do arise. Um, I'm also one of the people behind uh, the tournaments that happen at Yomacon every year. And those tournaments are very stressful. A lot of things go wrong and sometimes it's nothing I can do. And sometimes there's a real like lesson to be learned from that, that I take home and I go never again is, am I going to let this happen? So, you know, I've always, my small, my small incremental creases have let me keep my my uh, failures to a minimum and learn from them without sinking the ship. And so I, I, I really think that that's a, a big help is I'm not taking on too much. I'm taking on just the right amount where if something does go wrong, it's a learning experience that doesn't, uh, you know, set the world on fire. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. And it, it makes me think I've been doing a lot of research on this term and trying to like embody it, which is a, the Japanese term of Kaizen. I've talked about it a few times. Uh, are you familiar with that term? Not really. So I'll, I'll paraphrase. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, in the Japanese term, like they, that, it's a philosophy that most people embody, especially in like corporations nowadays. But it, it basically means incremental growth every day. So they have the mindset of, you know, every day we try to look for ways to improve. Every day we just, you know, do a little bit better, not like significantly but just we're looking for that information you know mm-hmm. it, almost like you know higher level fighting game players when they have a fight they're they're always kaizening their their gameplay when they're fighting somebody they're learning and they're adapting you know that's basically the concept of kaizen in america it's not as common because a lot of ego is in place um and we're, we're younger as a country so i think that has a lot to do with it but um but no what you're what you're talking about definitely sounds like kaizen where you have this like this this good goldilocks zone where you have enough stress to keep you moving forward uh, stressors i should say where yeah. you know, they're making you improve because you have to adapt to them but you're not so overwhelmed which is really interesting i think that's there's a lot to say about that like with anything 
you know, with, with fighting games, for sure, you have to challenge yourself. Um, but you also don't want to put so much workload on yourself that you're just overwhelming rather than actually growing and, and achieving these challenges. So that's that's really interesting. Um, for for people who are trying to get started out with with event organizing or want to do it, what kind of advice or or tips would you give them? Uh, it's really about cultivation. Um, you are only as strong as the people around you who are going to show up to your events at the end of the day. And this is something I, I, I really try to bring home. And this is important for anyone who's watching this. I don't do everything. I am only one piece of the machine. And if anything, I'm the figurehead. Like when people say, oh, the tournament, that's Jay's. They're, you know, seeing that because I'm the public image. But Lord knows, like these events do not happen without the people around me who work, but also the people who come to these events. So you have to start yourself self off at a level that you understand the people there. You're looking for a need that needs to be filled. It's a very much a you know supply and demand market. If there's no one there, your event's not really going to kick off. You can only do what the supply asks for. Um, and now, especially with Dragon Ball out, <laughs> um, this has never been a better time to help cultivate because there's so many people fiending for this game across everything. Years and years and years ago, there was this issue of the one person trying to be the scene, the one person trying to get people into fighting games, trying to cultivate talent, taking new people, and trying to turn them you know, into people who could play competitively. I want to say professionally, but that's not the right word. It's competitively. Um, and it's a really, really hard thing to do. I lived in Mount Pleasant, Michigan for all of college because I studied there. And it's a podunk nothing in central Michigan. And you know, as hard as I tried, there wasn't anything I could really cultivate there. Just because that's the area. And at that time, there wasn't an interest in it. So you have to keep yourself grounded to understanding what you want to pull off versus what you can pull off. And I don't mean as I don't mean to say that in a way that's like, Hey, don't shoot for the stars kid, but understanding the amount you can draw to an event, then lets you dictate how much you can put towards that events. How big does my venue need to be? Is this something I could just run out of my house and have people show up? This is something I need to rent a venue for. Do I need to, make sure people are bringing additional setups or does what I have at home. If you have multiple setups, you know, supply enough, you really need to be super conscientious of what's out there for you to make around. It's the people that make the event. You're just the one that helps put it together. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So when it comes to, I guess the, the delegation and, and uh, well, actually before that, um, when it comes to the actual players and people coming and spectating and watching, what have you learned that keeps the people coming back? Entertainment value. I guess that's really just the, the, the one thing to mention is, you know, people want to watch and there's nothing you can really do about that, but people want to watch exciting sets. People want to see, you know, people be invested in it. Like, like any UFC or professional wrestling match, the crowd gets into the match that feels, you know, the hypest, the, you know, the realist, yeah. the, something that's got stakes on it. And you can't fabricate that in, you know, the FPC world, but 
when people show up and they see something that they can connect with and that they really enjoy, that's what keeps them coming back. When they see people in the crowd go wild for someone playing or a really close set, even if they don't understand it, they can relate to it. So that's really what helps that. Yeah, um, definitely. The other thing is what keeps people coming back is a... And on a casual level, it's just that they're welcome there, that this isn't you know a pro players club only. On a competitive level, it's that there's enough to keep people there and keep people happy in terms of saying like you know your game is represented. You know there's setups for you. There's the necessities that you need to make sure that what you are supposed to be doing in this tournament goes off without a hitch. So there's lots of different sides of it to think about, but the overall consensus is. If they came and they're entertained by this, they'll think about doing this again. And you need just to make sure that whether it be at the, like the macro stage or the micro stage that people are enjoying themselves. If that's putting on fantastic, you know, big staged events, that's great. If that's just coming up and talking to someone who looks a little lost and, you know, letting them know it's okay to sit down and play sets with people, that's just as important. Okay. And kind of a funny story uh <laughs> at frosty faustings uh were you at the windjammers tournament <laughs> yes i was <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i was uh, i was the commentator for um top 16 to finish with that with oh. uh with two, with two play rough <laughs> so then you probably saw this one of my um one of my friends uh his name was spray paint the vegetables yes. He's one of my team members he was on there and this was like a really funny thing for me because I, I usually am very reserved and quiet but like this is the first time uh one of my friends is on stream besides like Smash Tournament. Uh mm -hmm. and I always go hype for them too. But uh he was on there. And so me, I, I was just alone sitting there. I was like, oh snap, you know, he's on stream. I'm gonna support him. And I just started yelling at the top of my lung, just like just supporting him, just being silly. And then like I hear one of my friends from all the way on the other side of like the like where the seats were, and he starts screaming. So I go over there and hang out with him, and then my whole entire squad rolls up because they just hear us yelling at the sh like the top of our lungs. And by the end of one of his matches, like uh, people were just like cheering for him. It was a really interesting feeling because like, I'm not going to say that I alone did it or that my friend did it, but just definitely us just yelling. People were brought to the, uh, to the scene to watch what was going on. And like, it just got really hype and just kind of uh, steamrolled. Uh, so it's, it's like kind of cool being a part of that and, and seeing that. And then a lot of my friends joined in. Um, and it's definitely a good feeling. It's definitely really cool when like you roll up with some of your friends and, and you do that and you support them. And then just like that craziness ensues. Yeah, uh, Windjammers was a really wild trip. The people who were kind of behind that were really passionate about it, and they tried to make sure that the crowd could feel, you know, what was big, what was important. Uh, that was a really wild time. I had a lot of fun there, especially on commentary. Um, really, really fantastic uh, blasting event. I got to sit down and talk to Kekun afterwards, so that dude's really cool. Nice. Uh, a lot of fun stuff in that. And yeah, I, I definitely get behind that. I am consistently known as being one of the loudest people at tournaments. All right. Uh, yeah, I was, I was blasted out of my mind 11 a.m. on Friday at Frosty Faustings yelling at the 2v2 tournament with my partner. And I was yelling so loud that both the mainstream and the side stream could hear me and they both hated it. <laughs> so I'm hoping you're going to be hype at Michigan Masters then. I have to be reserved because I will. I'm the the head guy, and chances are, while the cool stuff's going on, I'll be behind the scenes making sure things are still working. But uh, there's always a good chance that I'll I'll be there. 
Or yeah, you gotta get you like yeah. a designated hype man or something. Yeah, uh, there's there's always people that take care of it, but it's my time to work, not my not my time to play. Okay, I, I can respect that definitely. Uh, so, kind of a general question, but what can we expect from Michigan Masters? Um, if you haven't been to a Michigan Masters before, what you can expect is games being treated with equal love and care. And by that I mean um, every game there I find as being pertinent and important. The main ballroom is not just going to have Street Fighter and Marvel and Tekken and Dragon Ball, because those are your biggest games right now. It's going to have all the other, your other anime games like Unist. And I think right now, and this, I can't you know guarantee this at the moment, but I believe right now my main ballroom layout does include Catherine and Windjammers. Like I'm putting the games that I deem like all importance under the same roof. And I've got four ballrooms as well. So it's not going to all be in the main ballroom. But from there, I've tried to also make sure that everyone's in their comfort zone. One ballroom dedicated to Smash 4 and Rivals. There's One of the rooms is going to be the Melee setup as well as Bring Your Own Console. And then uh, quote-unquote poverty games, which you know could be a disparaging title if you don't know of that before. And uh, the old man games, the stuff run on the boards will be in a separate room. I'm trying to make sure... Um, everything's kind of in a place where it can be shown as equal to everyone else. Like there's no, and I don't want to say this by throwing other events under the bus. There's no higher power versus lower power. I'm trying to make sure everyone comes in here as represented because uh, it doesn't matter how cool of a match you had in Tekken seven. I can assure you there's going to be just as cool of a match in breakers revenge. Like everyone, everyone should be there. Um, Also, on the administrative side of things, I've got some fantastically talented people hired on the head TO staff. Um, both Icy Glaceon and Blue are very good at running brackets efficiently. They take no nonsense from anybody, uh, and they are a crucial part to making this tournament go off without a hitch. I'm very happy to have them on board. It's going to be a fantastic event. There's going to be just a ton of different places you could be, a ton of different things you could be in, engaged in, and it's going to really be one of the biggest events that we've had in Michigan. And I'm I'm 100 certain it's going to be the biggest event we've had, like without a doubt. That's great to hear. I'm a I'm a Michigan local, so this is the mm-hmm. first Michigan tournament uh, besides like Yomacon, uh, which yeah. was like two or three years ago, and I didn't even enter any. I didn't know about it until I got there. So it was way too was that late. the one? Was that the one with the stages, or was that the one with the people like the picnic tables in the backgrounds? No, it had like a state. Uh, it had like its own little like arcade room. Um, yeah, back there, I, and uh, mm-hmm. I I only stopped by for like a, just a little bit because I didn't even know it existed until my friend told me about it. But like they had DOA there. That was like on like on a big projector. Uh, they had Marvel three there, and then um, they were playing something else. But yeah, uh, it had like its own nice little arcade room, pretty much. Yeah, that's usually part of the game room. Yeah, yeah, because there's been always many alliterations of how the Yomacon tournaments go down. It's fun <laughs> dealing with that. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, Yomacon's definitely one of the big ones for people to come by, see what's going on and be like, oh, these are, you know, tournaments. Where else does this happen? And, you know, on we go. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, do you foresee or... So I, I like to see more tournaments in mm-hmm. Michigan. Yes, um, I know Detroit's very big. Uh, I, I live on over on Kalamazoo, where it's not super dense when it comes to fighting game people. But uh, what do you think that we can do? And you know, we'll use Michigan as an example, but you know, people watch this all over. And 
if they want more of a scene in their area, how can they help to build that up a little bit? You did talk a little bit about, you know, location is, is somewhat important, but how do you, how do you start that? It's all about finding that people have interest and then kind of showing that like what you're putting in, you get back out. Um, I think that's a lot of thing that like turns people off is like, Oh, I'm just getting beat up again. I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Uh, my interest in this is waning. And there's a, you know, time traveled sunk cost that you have to put in. Like for you, you're in Kalamazoo. So there's really not a whole lot in terms of local scene around you. If you want the good competition, you're going to have to travel to Grand Rapids. And that's a bit of a test of, you know, how ingrained in this are you, how, how dedicated are you in this? And for people coming into the scene and like kind of cultivating that experience, you need to make sure that it's a experience worth repeating. Even if you're not super certain about where you are on the skill tree or the skill level, if you for go from Kalamazoo to Grand Rapids and you have a good time and you enjoy yourself and the people are good, you're still more likely to come back and say, okay, well maybe I could just learn a little bit more, have some fun, or the people there are very nice and helpful and they'll help teach me more the next time I go. So having a strong base is really important and making sure that that base has people that are inviting and not a, a, you know toxic or you know outwardly aggressive. You know, if you're not having a good time, then you're not coming back. It's just basically, that's, that's up and down business anywhere or any sort of community idea. So start from the core, expand outward, and then guarantee, I mean, you can't guarantee, but try and make it as best as possible that what people put in, they're also getting out. You know, you're making some sort of investment to be here. Make sure that there's some sort of return on that investment. Definitely. And also shouts out to the Grand Rapids FGC because they were very accommodating when I visited a few times. So Yeah, they're cool people over there. There's, yeah, some, yeah, there's, yeah. Some, there's some cool people over there. Most of the people I know have all like moved because I haven't been there in a couple of years and they're all old heads. But um, there's a I still know a couple of people out there. Uh, Akira, if you're listening, I'm going to body you and Eunice next time you show up. Uh, he knows. <laughs> I'll have to make sure I tag him in this then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to have a money match at, um, we were going to have a money match at Frosty's, but we just, we both knew we couldn't pull it off at that point. We were too busy. So I understand. This yeah. is how it goes. Okay. So there, I don't know the official name for it, but there is something called the frustration barrier where you're learning something new. Um, and you're trying to get past that. Yeah. When it comes to, I guess, you know, TOing or, you know, organizing events specifically, like how, what did you do or what steps did you have in place to help you get past that frustration barrier? Uh, work within my means. That's, that's really just the biggest the part of it is uh, don't overexert myself in an area where I can't guarantee it's going to pan out because, you know, this is it. Let's just back up for a second. This isn't my job. You know, I work a forty-hour weekends or week weekday. I have another small business on top of this with my team, where I make apparel and I sell it, and then I also do tournament organizing. So I'm a really busy man, and I need to make sure that whatever I'm doing isn't adding more unnecessary stress and frustration to my life. So when I set out to do things. I make sure at first that I'm working within my means, that I'm not going to be putting myself in a bad position that I need to then 
work myself back from or fix. I'm not playing with matches in front of gasoline and then figuring out how to put the fire out, if that makes sense. Like, I go with what I know, and then when that's guaranteed, I expand upon it in safe-ish, but also acceptable ranges. Um, that's really the point. And you can't take every loss at face value. I, I, that's a really hard one as well. Because you're going to be putting out events where sometimes people don't show up. And like, you know they should be showing up. And everything in the stat book, everything on Jim Leland's pitching count says that he should be pulled out at this moment. But sometimes the numbers just don't work out and people won't show up. You can't take that personally. You can't take that as a defeat of the entirety of you doing things. There's always going to be a loss associated. I've never run, I have not run perfect events 100% of the time. I've had events where I didn't get anywhere near as many people as I thought I should have. And I've had events go south that I've had to pull from the fire and, you know, make a, a, a product at the end of the day that worked. So your failure is not final, nor is it absolute. Work within what you can do to make sure that the fire is not going to start. And then if you know a fire is going to start, make sure the fire extinguishers are nearby. Like, that's the best thing I can, I can say is understand your risk reward and if you see too much risk going in you know make sure you at least know how to accommodate for that just just try and play it as safe as you can and don't take failure as a, a final absolution makes sense fail forward so to speak yeah, yeah. learn from yeah that's another one yeah learn from your, your failures every 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 time you lose just like in fighting games every loss is a learning opportunity and you really got to take that one home Definitely, definitely. I like it. Uh, the last question, I never thought to ask this before, but uh, when it comes to specifically organizing events, uh, how do you, what do you do to get the word out there? Like, how do you, you know, say, hey, this is what's going on. Come check us out. Uh, I am in multiple Facebook fighting game groups, not only here in Michigan, like Metro Detroit area, but Grand Rapids, Lansing. Uh, Traverse City, and those are the centralized ones on location, but you also have to account for your, excuse me, groups based on game interests, like the Canadian Air Dashers, or the Toronto ST Facebook groups. It's all about networking. Who you know will get you where you need to be. Um, and part of what's made me, you know, work as this is because I've been around since 09, which, good lord, it's almost a decade now. <laughs> um, so people know who I am, and I know who people are. And every time I meet someone, I try to make that connection. So when I say, hey, I'm having a big event and you're not from Michigan and you should show up, they're going to be able to put a, like a, a name and a face and a, an experience with that person and go, okay, well, I know that guy. Hopefully they also think, yeah, I, I think he could put on a tournament. Um, it's all about networking. You can't, you can't, be a tournament organizer from the shadows. It's just not possible. You have to put yourself out there and promote and make experiences happen on a personal level, which then you can kind of quote unquote cash in on when you need to promote your next events. Sounds like sound advice to me. Uh, the last question that ties into all that is if people are interested in Michigan Masters or interested in getting in touch with you, how can they do that? They can find me on Twitter mainly. Um, my personal Twitter is at M-R-U-S-U-K, Mr. Yusuk. That's my handle. It's really bad. Um, the official site for the official 
Twitter account for the tournament is MI Masters FGC. The registration page is smash.gg slash mm2018. That's the you know the big stuff. If you ever need anything, the the DMs on my my page are open. I talk to anyone at all about any questions. So please always feel free to talk to me. That's no problem at all. Um, that's the big stuff. There's a Facebook event for Michigan Masters 2018 if you prefer to find it that way. And that's really kind of the best ways to do it. You know, Twitter, SmashUG, Facebook. There you have it. Okay. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a great conversation. Always learning. Always trying to improve. So hopefully you guys got a lot out of this as well. If you did, definitely hit that like button. Press the subscribe. Ooh, I can't even speak. Press that subscribe button. (laughs) Um, And let us know what you thought down below. If you're going to Michigan Masters, if you've been there before, you know, leave some comment. Let's get that conversation going. But as always, my name is The Philosopher. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I will see you all in the next one.